We're back live with more Rami McLaugh on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. And the last thing, the most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. There's Ryan Poles when he got the GM job for the Chicago Bears. Can people, he's not the first. Can, can y'all just stop? Stop about taking the North and we got to take down the Packers. Just, just come in and say we want we want to win. We want to win a lot of football games. <laughs> we want to win Super Bowls because I'll tell you, I, I, if you don't know, I, I live north of the border, born and raised in Chicago, Chicago sports fan through and through. But I live in Milwaukee, and I'm I'm tired of people throwing that stuff in my face. I'm, t- I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of Packers fans either playing that sound bite back, whether it's him or Lovey Smith or whoever else has come up to the podium where they've gotten their job and said, we're going to take back the North. We're going to take down the Packers it, it, until it happens. It, it just doesn't happen. And I want it to, I want it to. I'm just tired of those sound bites coming back and haunting me. Rami Makhlouf with you for hour number two. I'm with you till 9 o'clock tonight. Chuck Swirsky, radio voice of the Chicago Bulls. He'll join me coming up at 7.20. Huge night for Andre Drummond. And uh, this Bulls team stays red hot. But uh, want to keep the Bears talk going and welcome your calls at 312-644-6767. You can text that number as well. And I guess this this is sort of an offshoot of the the Ryan Poles discussion that I was having for much of the first hour. But this 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 goes to one particular decision that he has to make and the one decision that we talk about as Chicago Bears fans more than any and that's what to do with Justin Fields and I for one am in the camp of keeping Justin Fields and giving him a real shot at succeeding as Chicago Bears quarterback because I don't think he's gotten that to this point and my my first reason why I I would stick with Justin Fields is because at least we know. At least we know who and what Justin Fields is, and Justin Fields has gotten better every year that he's been the quarterback of the Bears, and that's with almost no support system to get him there. And I saw a couple texts coming in and saying, how can you say no support system? He's got a top 10 O-line. He's got DJ Moore and Cole Komet. And I get it. How long did it take him for, for that all to get cemented? And not to mention three different off or two different offensive coordinators, two different head coaches in the three years that he's been in the league. I don't feel like Justin Fields has been given a real chance, and I like what I've seen, and I know what I got in Justin Fields. For everything that everybody wants to tell you about these prospects that are coming out, Caleb Williams and the rest, we don't know, man. They're calling him, I heard... He's Patrick Mahomes combined with, I don't know who else. They were throwing out all sorts of crazy names about what Caleb Williams is. And if you don't remember, nobody knew Patrick Mahomes was the next Patrick Mahomes when he was coming out of the draft that year. Or at that time, they were calling every great quarterback prospect the next Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't the guy coming out in that draft that people were saying was the next Aaron Rodgers. We don't know. Nobody knows. And yeah, there are experts out there and scouts who know more than me and you in all likelihood, or at least I'd like to believe, but they don't really know. Nobody knows what these rookie quarterbacks are, what they'll be at the next level. Everybody, oh, Caleb Williams has no holes in his game. He'll get to the NFL and we're going to find out he's got holes in his game. 
and there will be growing pains. And if you missed the last segment, I'm not running out of patience with the Bears and especially the quarterback position. I am out of patience for the Bears and the quarterback position. And I can't take a year of a, a, a rookie quarterback going through struggles, growing pains, while we have what looks like, and maybe not, maybe, maybe not. We'll get into it later in the show. But what looks like a pretty good defense, a defense that at least could 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 keep you in football games as we go into 2024 and maybe do more than that. I don't want to do it, man. And even, even Dave Wanstead, who was on with Parkinson Spiegel, as he is frequently, he said, I don't know about these guys coming out right now. Here is my point, and I want to be very clear on this. And I've lived this the Thanks, whole Chris. time I coached. Everybody wants to replace everybody unless you win the Super Bowl. Right. Okay? Get get rid of them. We got to get – and I, I like I say, I live that at every position, including the quarterback. All I would say is, and my point is, okay, you want to get rid of Justin Fields. Fantastic. Now, who's going to take his place, and are we do, – do we feel – that this guy is going to come in and be the face of the program and, number one, perform at a higher level, okay? Number two, be the leader-type guy that you got to be in the mm-hmm. – you know, be the type of person off the field. I mean, there, there's a lot of tang- intangibles that I don't know. They, you know, David and Molly don't know. Nobody knows. That's Ryan Poles and his personnel staff's job. That's all I'm saying is – before we rush to conclusions, let's trust Ryan Poles a little bit and say we got to go through a process. Maybe they've made up their minds that Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever, whoever, you know, McCarthy, uh, you know, I, I don't know. that Somebody is definitely that guy. If it is and we're saying we're going to get better, okay, let's go. I'm with you, but right now I, I don't see it. Things that I've watched, I've watched Drake May, I've watched Caleb Williams, I've heard their interviews. I've watched them. I've talked to people in both programs. I need more information. I'm not. I'm not ready to to to, to just say, "Hey, Justin Fields got to go." I'm, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, we don't know, and we don't know if these guys are an improvement on Justin Fields once they get to the NFL. So that's the first reason I don't want to move on from Justin Fields. Take your calls three one two six four four six seven six seven. You can text that number as well. The second reason is this. If you're going to draft another quarterback, God, I can't believe I'm saying this again. If you're going to draft another quarterback, I can tell you right now, even if they're a great prospect, even if they're better than Justin Fields in terms of the tools and the raw talent that they bring to the NFL with them, if you don't do it right, it ain't going to matter. If you don't put them in position to succeed, if you don't give them a real offensive line that's out there week in and week out to protect them, if you don't give them weapons around them, if you don't give them an offensive coordinator who's going to coach out their flaws while coaching to their strengths, if you don't have a head coach that can coach winning football, it ain't going to matter who the quarterback is. And A... The Bears haven't shown me that they are necessarily capable of doing that. 
and I've been traumatized throughout my life by them doing the exact opposite of that and breaking quarterbacks every time they trade for one or draft one. And B, if you are going to do that, if they're finally going to get it right and do all those things that I just said that you got to do to foster a quarterback's growth and development and success, if they are able to do that and they are going to do that in this next chapter, do it with Justin Fields for once. For once in his career, do it with Justin Fields. And let's see what that guy can do. I was listening to Bernstein and Holmes with Rahimi today. And and Lawrence Holmes hit the nail right on the head. Talking about the way that the Ravens have handled Lamar Jackson. And seeing the flaws, seeing the holes in his game. But saying what we got here is maybe not in the classic mold of a great quarterback, but a playmaker. A playmaker. And you got to take the bad that comes with it, especially while they're growing and developing. But fostering his success, putting people around him who can help him. Changing the offense to suit him and fit him. Rather than what Lou Getze does, which is he wants his quarterback to play his scheme. Rather than working the scheme around the quarterback to put him and the team in the best position to succeed and score a whole bunch of points, which is the point of offense in the NFL. If you're going to do that, if you're going to finally get it right for your quarterback, do it for one year with Justin Fields. And you know what? You're probably going to trade that number one pick if you keep Justin Fields anyways. You know what you're probably going to get in return for that as part of the haul that you're going to get for the number one pick this year? High draft picks in coming years, in coming drafts. And you can cash those in for a quarterback or, hell, if it doesn't go right with Justin Fields, chances are you're still losing a bunch of games and you'll be at the top of the draft without trading for those picks. And like I said, we never really know about quarterbacks in the NFL. So while you may be salivating over Caleb Williams or any of these other guys that we that have ta- have been talked about, there'll be guys in future drafts that you're just as crazy about and you th- who you think are just as great. And we can take another swing then. But if you're going to if you're going to move forward and get it right with your offense and with your quarterback, do it with Justin Fields for one year. And Wani also touched on another thing there, which brings me to my third point of why I'm sticking with Justin Fields if I'm the Chicago Bears to this point, which is one thing we know he has. I talked about all the unknowns of these guys coming out of college. One thing we know he has is that it factor, call it leadership, call it camaraderie, the support of his locker room and of his guys. Here was DJ Moore on with Mully and Haw earlier this week on The Score. I really don't see why anything would change. Most people uh, love Justin here. So, I mean, most people, as in, like, most of the fans love Justin and didn't want him to be uh, gone, but... I mean, look at what he's done. He's grown every every year. He had, like, what do you want to say, three different offensive coordinators at some point. Well, two, and then we had Getty for two years. So, mm-hmm. well, this is third year. Well, three. I'm saying, y'all, y'all get what I'm saying. But he's grown more and more 
each year, even throughout this year, you could see this growth. And that's just a sample of how those guys in that locker room feel about Justin Fields, not just the dude. They believe in him and, and what he can do on a football field, and that he can lead a high-powered offense, and they're not the only ones. Put as much weight or stock in this as you want, but in that NFL 100 where they, they poll players on who are the best players in this league. Justin Fields coming off last season and what he did last season with nothing landed him a spot in that top 100, according to his peers. Again, put however much stock or weight in that as you want, but those guys think he's pretty damn good. The guys in that locker room and around this league think he's pretty damn good. And if you move on from him, the next guy, A, is going to have to win that locker room and win that buy-in from those guys, and B, he comes with the grain of salt that this regime of Ryan Poles and, and whoever else is is with him, whether it's Eberflus and Getze, it better not be Getze, but Ryan Poles and whoever else, these guys are going to be looking at them and going, well, they couldn't figure it out with Justin Fields, who we believed in, who we thought was a really damn good quarterback. They couldn't figure it out with him. What should make us think that they're going to figure it out with the next guy? And now you start to have doubt and a lack of buy-in in the building that you guys as an organization know what you're doing. Which is, in a lot of people's eyes, already in question. But if you have buy-in in that building, and they think Justin Fields is a really good quarterback, and you move on from him because you don't know what to do with him, you have a chance of losing a lot of these guys. And look, I know winning cures all. And if that guy comes in and he wins football games, the players in that locker room and myself and anybody else who's a fan of Justin Fields, they're going to forget about him real quick. QB1 will be nothing but a faint memory. But if there's even a little bit of a hiccup, I've talked a number of times already in this show about how scarred I am when it comes to the Bears and quarterbacks, traumatized, if you will. If there's even a little hiccup in their development, I'm going to be like, oh boy, here we go again. And trust me, players in that locker room and people in that organization will start to go, all right, here we go again. They didn't know what to do with Justin Fields and they don't know what to do with this guy. And when you start to lose buy-in, things can go downhill really, really fast. It looked like that was the direction that the Bulls were headed in. But looky here, winning basketball games and looking good doing it and sounding good doing it. And the guy who's sounding good, Chuck Swirsky, radio voice of the Chicago Bulls, he'll join me to talk about that win and that big performance by Andre Drummond coming up next right here on 670 The Score. We're back live with more Rami McLaugh on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Johnson, they go far corner. Bogdanovich for three. Air ball caught by Caruso. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. Let's dance. Merry Christmas. 118-113. Bulls by five. That was heard right here on the score last night as they knock off Atlanta. Their fifth win in their last seven games. Nine of their last 13 
And that guy that you just heard was dancing on my timeline last night over on Twitter at CTS Bulls. And it's my pleasure to welcome in the voice of your Chicago Bulls right here on The Score, Mr. Chuck Swirsky. Chuck, how are you this afternoon? Good, Rami. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm sure you've been asked this. How did the tradition of Chuck Swirsky busting out the moves every time the Bulls win a basketball game, how did that start? I love it. I just want to know where it came from. (laughs) Well, it actually started during covid uh, because, as you know, we uh, did not travel during that period of time. Sure. And so um, the best engineer on the planet, Rich Wyatt, uh, <laughs> put together um, for road games a tremendous setup in the basement of the United Center. And that's where we would broadcast our games. And so the Bulls were having a really tough run during that stretch on the floor. I guess one could say also off the court, sure, but yeah. certainly on the court, um, you know, they did not play well. And so uh, there was one game in particular that everything came together and, uh, you know, it was time to exhale for the broadcasters that, you know, they went a, a terrific ball game. And so I was doing a little dance and Rich <laughs> Wyatt happened to tape it on his phone. He recorded it. And we said, why not? We're going to put it on. <laughs> because during COVID, Rami, anything went, okay? Yeah, we all went a little I mean, crazy. that time, <laughs> a period of time in our lives, as we all know. And so it caught on, and one thing led to the next. And I said, you know what? It, when, when you win a ball game, you got to celebrate. We don't play, and we don't coach. We're just the broadcasters, and we don't take ourselves too seriously, obviously. If you listen to our games with myself and Bill and Alyssa. And so one thing led to the next, and here we are three or four seasons later. Yeah, and it's, man's got moves. He's not just a great voice on 670 to no. score where you can catch him and Bill and Alyssa tomorrow when they take on the Pacers. He's, he's got the moves, too. Check him out at CTS Bulls. And let's just go to that performance last night, Chuck. And, and the guy who everyone's talking about today is Andre Drummond. And literally, it's, it's a lot of times people will say this, and it's hyperbole, a historic performance from, from that guy last night. Where does that rank as far as – unexpected big nights for, for a Bulls player in your time as, as the play-by-play announcer? Well, you know, he hasn't played a lot, as we know. Yeah. He's been coming off the bench since he arrived. This was only his first start as a member of the Bulls. I mean, what people fail to realize, he was a lottery pick back in the day out of UConn, and he had some outstanding seasons with Detroit. He led the NBA in rebounding four years. He made two all-star teams. So we're not talking about a journeyman player who all of a sudden emerged and had this game of his life. This was his 45th 2020 game, Rami. Think about that. Wow. 45. I mean, that's a ton. And, you know, he played 39 minutes. And bottom line story, he was all over the glass. I mean, it was great to see for all of us who are connected with the ball club in one form or another that's around him on a daily basis. He's a wonderful, wonderful person uh, with a tremendous heart for people. Very kind, very considerate. Um, you know, last night after the game, Rami, I'm not sure you saw, mm-hmm. but, but he went into the stands to greet his family afterwards. Yes, they were sitting about five rows to our left uh, behind the Bulls bench. And, you know, he loves his, his family, loves his mom. And uh, it was a great scene last night. It really was. 
yeah, I know even before the the Vooch injury, which which is what got him the start last night, folks were calling for more minutes from Andre Drummond. Do you, do you think he's earned that if and when Vooch does return to the starting lineup? Well, you know, I mean, Vooch, it's not like Vooch has done anything to uh, merit less playing time. I right. mean, the, the man's averaging the double-double. He's 11th in the NBA in rebounding, averaging 10 per game. He's got 17 double-doubles on the year. So do I think that, you know, this run is going to plant a seed? And Billy Donovan said that now they need to play Drummond 20-plus minutes, 25 minutes, whatever the case may be. I don't think so. I I think, you know, when, when Vooch returns, Vooch is still going to get his time. And Andre is is obviously willing and able to help. And, you know, he was averaging about 14, 15 minutes a game. And bottom line is that, you know, here's – a guy that all of a sudden jumped from playing 15, 17 minutes on any given night, sometimes less, to playing 39 minutes. But this was a great team to go up against because Capella doesn't shoot threes, and so Andre could really lock in defensively in the post. Now, tomorrow against Indiana, a different situation because Miles Turner does like to shoot threes and plays away from the rim. And so the X's and O's will start for the Bulls and the Pacers. And, uh, but I think Drummond is up for the uh, challenge. I mean, this guy, this guy has a lot of basketball left in him. And you can catch that game when they take on the Pacers right here on 670 to score with Chuck Skorsky. My guest here tonight on the call for that one. And I mentioned it bringing you in, Chuck, and, and you've been you've been keeping tallies over over at your Twitter account. That's now nine wins in their last 13, five of their last seven. You're around this basketball team a lot. What has been different about them, whether it's on the court or off the court or both that during during this hot streak that we've seen? Well, I mean, I can only speak what what's going on, on the court because obviously I don't socialize with the players. Um, whether we're on the road or off the road. Uh, but as far as on the court, I think ball movement has been crisper. Turnovers have all season long, they've been in the top two or three, committing the fewest turnovers in the NBA. But one thing is that three-point shooting, although the last three games they really struggled shooting the three-rock. But I would just say the overall vibe um, of transition basketball has been really good. Getting the ball in the paint to spray it out has been really good. And I think the players, you know, the confidence level among NBA players has always been really high. But like anything else, you go through your droughts and you're going to have struggles. And so when I see this team over the last three weeks, it's been fantastic uh, because as a purist, I love to see quick passes and the second pass that leads to a shot. And there's, there's a big, big difference between playing iso ball and making that pass to include your teammates. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan, when, when he has the ball in his hands, he can flat-out score. And I think what people are it's, – it's misleading to believe that DeMar is just playing iso ball. That's not the case. You look at his assist totals, they're up. DeMar DeRozan is a total team-oriented player. But if you need a hoop, you're going to DeRozan without any question. Yeah, and he showed that last night, again, down the stretch, taking 
that game over. One of the things that that's 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 been different in terms of the guys on the court while all what you described has been going on is Zach Levine hasn't hasn't been out there with with the injury. Can they continue to play this style of basketball when he is out there on the court, Chuck? Well, I I, I think so, and I'll tell you why. Number one, I think Zach. That, you know, people people have to understand something. Zach Levine is an elite player. He's a two-time All-Star, and he can get you buckets, okay? He's athletic. He is skilled. He can get to the rim. So let's, let's put the notion aside that the Bulls are a better team without him. They, they, they need Zach Levine if they expect to go from point A, not to point B, but to point C. And I think this has been good for Zach to see this style of play because I think this is winning basketball. Not saying when he was on the floor it wasn't, but I th- just think this is a different style now, and I think Zach will be able to adjust to it and play. And so I'm, I'm really, really encouraged that when he comes back healthy, and that's really the goal right now is, Rami, to get him healthy. So once he's healthy, he's going to go back on the floor And I think he's witnessed what Kobe can do and what other players Patrick Williams is capable of doing and Caruso, for that matter, who is getting to the foul line now. And I think it it bodes well for this ball club. Talk with Chuck Swirsky, radio voice of the Chicago Bulls. Follow him on Twitter at CTS Bulls. Catch Bulls and Pacers tomorrow night right here on 670 The Score. You mentioned Kobe White, and he's maybe the guy who's who sort of stepped up the most in, in Zach Levine's absence. There are guys in this league, Chuck, who they need the ball in their hands or they, they need shots in volume to sort of find their groove and, and be the best version of themselves. Can Kobe White, with fewer shots and, and probably fewer minutes and, and less time with the basketball in his hands, can he continue to to perform and score at this pace that we've seen when Zach Levine does get, get brought back into the fold? Well, I'll, I'll say this for Kobe. I think the maturation in his game on the court, his confidence level, his understanding of the game, his his patience, his ability to absorb coaching has been outstanding and if you look at his assists they're up if you look at the way he's playing defense now the way he's playing angles outstanding he has taken charges i i think you're looking at a player who's really just entering a wonderful window in his career and so i expect him to continue i mean last night and for that matter last couple three games he struggled shooting the three, but he's doing other things. He's rebounding. He had five boards last night. He had five assists. He had 17 points. The three rock wasn't falling, so what did he do? He used that little mid-range pull-up from 10 feet. And so I think, again, you're looking at a player who's developing in front of our eyes, and that makes the Bulls a better ball club. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I think I'm guilty of this as as much as any any sports fan, Chuck. With Kobe White, who's you know he's been in the league for a few years. I think a lot of people they look at him and they go, "Well, that's that's just who this guy is. Whatever he is in his in his fourth season in the league, that's who he is." And we forget some of these guys are 21, 22, or in, in Kobe White's case, 23 years old. He wouldn't be the first guy to to figure out the league or figure out. His, his profession at, at the age of 23 or even older. 
Well, I think that's a great point, Rami. Excellent point. Because we tend to look at a player after a year or two, even maybe three or two and a half, and already label him in a certain tag. You know, he's not a very good defensive player. Oh, the only thing he can do is, is shoot threes. We, and, and I think it's totally unfair. And also, it's who's on the floor with you. Because if you're on the floor with a different combo and a different chemistry, and you know you're going to have the ball in your hands, it changes the entire makeup of when you're on the floor, what you can and cannot do. And this is why I want to make sure that we have this opportunity, Rami, because you've been talking bears, is that do not throw Justin Fields to the wayside. I, I think Thank you. The, the better players he has around him, whether it's his line or getting another wide receiver, and because we've seen now with Moore and Komet, what this young man, I'm talking about Fields, is capable of doing. And I'm, I, I do not want the Bears to trade this guy. I think you can grow and build with him, but he needs help. And whether it's coaching whether it's a coordinator, whether it's adding some pieces, I think this guy has a tremendous professional makeup. And to think the next, you know, wonder quarterback is going to come in here and all of a sudden you're going to snap your fingers and he's going to take the Bears to the promised land. That's not a given. That's not promised. But I do think that Justin Fields has a chance, just like there are players right now with the Bulls, once they, you know, the green light goes on and they get it and the players around them are better and the system's working and they know they're going to get the ball back after making a pass and they're moving off the ball, good things happen. That's why you see a player like Kobe. That's why we're starting to see Patrick Williams come out of, you know, a situation where, you know, he was struggling. And now you look at Patrick Williams, he, he looks like a different player. Yeah, I was, that was the next guy I was going to ask you about, and you already answered the question. He kind of falls into that same category that we were just talking about with Kobe White, Chuck, which is his third year in the league, and, and we've been watching him and getting frustrated at times as, as Bulls fans because we know the high ceiling that he has. But, again, 22 years old, I believe Patrick Williams is. He wouldn't be the first guy to to sort of figure it out and and find his groove or, or hit his stride at, at this age or at this point in his career. So I think we, we do need to exercise a, a little bit more patience and I include myself in that. I, I can, I can, I can lose my temper from time to time, Chuck, when it comes to my favorite sports teams. And I need, well, I need, Rami, you're, I get it. You're a sports fan. We're all sports fans. Exactly. And, and that's the beauty of the sport. You know, I, I hope one time as sports fans, because we're so critical of every play. I mean, you know, like I'm on social media all the time. And I'm watching a Bears game, and yeah, there are some calls the offensive coordinator of the Bears will make, and you say to yourself, really, seriously? But as far as a player is concerned, you know, if Justin Fields has a bad drive, all of a sudden, he's getting just ripped. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, like, he had a three and out, maybe two three and outs, so all of a sudden, you want to send him to the Falcons for two second-round picks, okay? <laughs> We're in the second quarter of a game. You know, sometimes, Rami, we, we actually have to give credit 
to the other team. I know this sounds crazy, but the other team is on the field to compete. Okay, Rami? This isn't just Bears are showing up and they're going to win 70 to nothing. Okay? I mean, it doesn't work that way. So Man does when, it all. He, do, well, he does. Uh, you know, go I'm, ahead, Chuck. Sorry. I, what, what, what do you think, Rami, last night on the flight back to Atlanta, the Hawks, when they saw the box score sheet and they saw that Drummond had a 24-point, 25-rebound game, what do you think they're saying? Oh, my goodness. I mean, hey, listen, Capella tried to defend him. Okongwu tried to defend him. They were sending double and triple teams at him on the glass to keep him off the window. They couldn't stop him. He was too strong and too big. So it's, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, the Atlanta went into the game and said, hey, Drummond's coming in for Booch, and, yeah, we're just going to let him have his way in the semicircle. They, they, that's not the plan. You know, Drummond had one of those games of the ages and for the ages. And so just like with any sport, you go in. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow against Indiana. Halliburton could go off, or maybe he's going to go two for 16. We don't know, but that's the beauty of the sport. But I, I, I just wish at times we, we, we just took a deep breath and, and let this thing you know unfold in front of our eyes. That's Chuck Swirsky. He does it all. He's got hot Bears takes. He's dancing over at CTS Bulls on Twitter, and he's calling Bulls games right here on 670 to score along with Bill Wennington. Catch Bulls and Pacers pregame 645, 7 o'clock tip-off right here on the score tomorrow. And my guest for the last few minutes, Chuck Swirsky. Chuck, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. All right, Rami. Welcome back to Chicago. And, And listen, you know what? You're on a great station. Trust me. Best in the nation. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time. All right. Take care. And Chuck Swirsky joins me on the uh, Circa Resort and Casino Las Vegas hotline home of the world's largest sports book. Also, I want to tell you, Remy Martin and 670 to score want to give you a chance to play hoops on the United Center Court of Dreams. Look for the Remy display at your local retailer and scan the code to enter details at 670thescore.com slash contest. Remy Martin, team up. For excellence. We'll keep some Bulls talk going on the other side. Take your calls at 312-644-6767. Where are you at with the Bulls with this hot streak they're on right now? Rami Makhlouf with you on a Wednesday night right here on 670 The Score. We're back live with more Rami Makhlouf on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Top side, DeRozan for three off the mark. Rebound Okongwu. And then he lost the ball and Drummond with the second. Up and good, Andre Drummond. There's Chuck Swirsky. Chuck Swirsky. Easy for me to say right here on 670 The Score. He just joined me, and I'm butchering his name. You can catch him on every Bulls game along with uh, Bill Wennington and Elisa Bergamimi right here on 670 The Score, including tomorrow night when they take on the Pacers, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock tip. Rami Makhlouf with you until 9 o'clock. Tyler Buterball on the ones and twos producing up this show for me this evening uh this text came in from the 331 while we were talking with chuck he said chuck is showing his homer side he knows a lot god bless him but i don't think zach is good for the bulls he's a good player not a smart player um i don't know that i would say he's not a smart player i wouldn't i wouldn't go as you know, chuck laid out his his bona fides and his credentials you you don't you don't accomplish at this level what he's accomplished if he's not a smart player I just don't know 
if he fits with with what Billy Donovan and the Bulls are trying to do, or if he if he refuses to fit, if he you know if he goes out there and he says I'm I'm going to play my game and and let's let let it fit as good as it can in, into what we're trying to do. I do agree with Chuck that I I never believe that a team is better without their good players or their best players. We we see that sometimes a quarterback will go down or a star NBA player will go down for, and for whatever reason there's there's a bump in the level of play of certain guys or maybe they win a few in a row like like with the Bulls right now they've won 9 of their last 13, 5 of their last 7. I don't I don't know how to explain that and and maybe maybe they're better in terms of what what we're seeing now than what they were with Zach Levine. But when we talk about the ceiling of a basketball team, of, of the Bulls specifically, if you can get buy-in from Zach Levine, like Chuck was talking about, if he's if he's standing on the sideline, and maybe we talk about this a little bit more on Friday, if he's standing on the sideline and watching what's going on right now and and saying, you know, maybe maybe I can do XYZ to fit in better with with what we're doing here. And and keep this role that we're on going when when I get back from this injury. If you can get that, you're a better basketball team. And if if you're not gonna get that, well, then you weren't gonna go very far anyways with, without without Zach Levine. Like I know they're hot right now and they're nine of thirteen, but if this thing is gonna work at all, it's gonna work because your star players and your best players. Are, are playing at the best of their abilities and 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 are fitting into the system that that Billy Donovan and the powers that be have drawn up. That's the only way that this thing is going to work to its to its fullest potential. And honestly, I don't I don't even know if it'll work if it'll ever work to its fullest potential. I referenced Bernstein and Holmes earlier. I listened to those guys a lot, and they they made a great point when I was listening a couple of days ago, which is look, Zach Levine is not a bad guy. And he's not a bad teammate. You you look at he's he's well liked in the locker room. You look at him on the sidelines, and he's supporting his guys, and he's rah rah and a, a cheerleader out there while he's he's trying to come back from the injury. So he's he's not a bad guy or a bad teammate in the sense of being that that cancer in the locker room, or however you want to term it. But maybe he's just a bad teammate for this team and the style of basketball that they want to play versus the style that he's playing right now. But really this gets me to the point I wanted to make about the bulls. And my thanks again to Chuck Swirsky for joining me, check him out tomorrow on the call for bucks, bulls and Pacers, which is despite this hot streak, as a matter of fact, maybe because of this hot streak, I think it's 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 never been more time to sell for this this group of Bulls players. And I know that Chuck just preached patience and I praised him for his wisdom and for his patience as I did earlier with Hub Arkish when we were talking Bears. But I just don't know that this thing is ever going to work, man. And I have felt for too long that this Bulls team is just kind of spinning their wheels in mediocrity. I don't think that's going to change. I don't know if Lonzo Ball was sort of the key to unlocking all of this and making it 
work and having enough shots and enough basketball out there to to keep Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Kobe White and anybody else that needs the ball in their hands or needs a certain volume of shots. Maybe he was the key to unlocking this thing. But at this point, we don't know if or when Lonzo Ball will ever be back. And even when Zach Levine gets on the court and Vooch gets on the court, I just don't think the window is open for this basketball team to be a legitimate threat in the East. I look at basketball and really all sports, but especially basketball as windows opening and windows closing. And in the NBA, those windows open and shut real quick because it all can hinge on one player. And whether that's a player you find in the draft or that's a player that was disgruntled in their current situation and forced to trade out, or, and this is becoming less and less an avenue to improve yourself, free agency. Guys don't really go into free agency anymore. They sign that super max deal and then force their way out a year or two later. And I don't blame them. It's a way for them to make the most money they can and play in the place that they want to play. They're trying to, you know, do something for themselves, which is what we all should be doing when we go into work. So I got no problem with them, with them doing that. But until that guy falls into their lap via one of those three avenues, whether it's the draft or free agency or, or, or a trade, I just don't see you in a class with the Celtics, the Bucks, even the 76ers. So what are you really playing for? The fourth place title in the Eastern Conference? I say while you're playing well and while you're hot, sell high. And maybe keep some of the younger guys that we were talking about before with Chuck, the Kobe Whites, the Patrick Williams of the world, who are just entering their mid-20s or in their early 20s and maybe could be a part of something real down the line. But as far as... Man, if you, and I, I know he's been on the block for a minute and the interest has just not been there. If you find somebody who's willing to take Zach Levine off your hands, if you find somebody that's willing to take Vooch off your hands, I'm all about it. If, if, if somebody wants to come a call in about Andre Drummond last night after 25 and 24 or whatever it was he put up, yeah, man, we'll talk. Let's talk. And just start doing what, what we've been talking about, what, what so many people have praised Ryan Poles for, which is piling up assets, piling up capital, whether it's it's cap space or whether it's draft picks, whatever the case might be, just pile it up so that when that guy somewhere in the NBA decides he's not happy where he is and he forces his way out, maybe you're the team that's lucky enough he lands in your city. Or when that guy, whether it's a Victor Wembenyama who went number one in the draft or a surprise like like a Giannis who went, I think, 13th in the draft falls in your lap via the draft, then great. Then you build around them, and all of a sudden your window is wide open. But right now, again, you're, you're not, I can't see in this year, in the next two or three years, putting yourself in a class with the Bucks, the Celtics, and the 76ers in the Eastern Conference. And look, yeah, you could be the Pistons, who've now lost, what is it? Tyler, do you know, twenty? is it 26 or 27? They just lost their 27th 
Good last God. night. It's it's bad. <laughs> Good Lord. You could you, we could be the Bulls could be Detroit. It's <laughs> true. That is true. But you know what? Is there a here? This is gonna sound crazy. And Tyler, tell me I'm an idiot if you want to tell me I'm an idiot. If you're not one of those first three teams that I mentioned, other than getting a more entertaining, more competitive brand of basketball on a night-to-night basis, which there is value in, all right? We're all fans, and sports is entertainment, and we want to be entertained, and I don't know that I can even bring myself to turn my TV on or my radio if the Bulls had lost 27 straight basketball games, okay? But that being said, is there a huge difference? If we're not talking about titles, is there a huge difference other than entertainment factor and where the Pistons are at and where the Bulls are at? Is that a crazy question for me to ask Tyler or anybody else out there at 312-644-6767? And look, I, like I said, there's value in entertainment. That's all this is. That's all sports is. But as far as winning championships, is there a huge difference in where the Bulls are at versus where the Pistons are at? I would... Oh. I mean, if it wasn't at 27 losses in a row, I would say there is, like, no difference. But, I mean, the thing is that at least the Bulls are winning, and they're winning against solid teams. So it is hard to compare those two. I guess, And especially right now, that feels like a really dumb question to ask or, or to try and answer. But it's fair. I, it's fair. I understand that. But like I said, if we're talking about the distance from where they are now to winning a championship— I don't think either of these rosters are are built or have the core to to one day be built to win a championship when you're talking about those two basketball teams. Now, I will take where the Bulls are at over where the Pistons are at for, like I said, just the entertainment factor alone because I don't know that I could I could I could continue to watch or support an organization that has lost 20. Do you realize there are baseball teams that have won a basketball game more recently than those or excuse me, there are baseball teams that have won a game more recently than the Pistons have. There, there are teams that have won games in the regular season of Major League Baseball, and that's more recent than the last time the Pistons have won. That's absolutely brutal, man. So thank God you at least have something to watch and listen to right here on 670 The Score. Catch them to tomorrow night when they take on the Pacers. 645 pregame with Chuck Swirsky on the call. 7 o'clock tip-off with Bill Wennington by his side. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, I just can't believe what I heard Matt Eberflus say a couple days ago. And I'll tell you what that is in just a minute right here on 670 The Score.